Jesus sent out before him 72 people to prepare the way, to prepare the hearts of people to receive his message of love and salvation. 72 is rather an odd number, and as I read this gospel, I wondered at its significance. Was it simply an arbitrary number, or did it actually mean something? The first thing we should notice is that 72 is more than 12. The people that Jesus sent out to go before him weren't the apostles. He didn't just send out Peter, the leader of the apostles, or John the Beloved, or any other of the apostles. He sent out 72 followers to prepare for his coming throughout the region. The messengers he chose weren't the elite, the ones at the center of the group he gathered around himself. Perhaps the significance of sending out 72 disciples is the inclusiveness of the number. It's not just the elite, but all of the followers of Jesus who share in the responsibility of preparing the way for Jesus. We all know the story of Noah, of how the world was destroyed by water. Jesus, who knew the Old Testament inside out, would have known the story very well. I'm sure he knew that according to the Old Testament, there were 72 sons of Noah's children. Those 72 were the totality of life after the flood. And all of humanity descended from those 72. That 72 then begins to refer not only to the wider community beyond that of the apostles, but it now takes on a universal meaning. This reinforces the notion that preaching the good news of Jesus isn't just for the elite, but is work for everyone. It is work for us, for we are part of the 72 today. The mission that we are called to is tough. Jesus is aware of that. And that's why he says to his disciples that he's sending them out like sheep among wolves. It is precisely because this mission is difficult that Jesus gives his followers two pieces of advice. Pray. And then stay focused on what is important. When Jesus tells his disciples to ask God to send workers for the harvest, he's telling them to pray. Now, prayer does two things. It reminds us that the success of the work depends on God and not on us. And also, it reminds us that the harvest is not ours, but God's. We've all experienced being focused on something important but then getting sidetracked. Perhaps as a student, you sat down to research something for a paper, but as you try to focus on one point, a dozen other interesting ideas come and 
deflect us from what we are trying to do. Or, if you ever tried to cook the perfect meal for your family, the phone is sure to ring. Or, a good program on television or the radio distracts you and something ends up being burnt. Jesus tells them to stay focused on the important things and not to worry about unimportant stuff. He tells them to eat what is set before them. In other words, not to shop around for a kosher meal or a more comfortable bed or a nicer house. That's why he tells them not to worry about money or suitcases or shoes. Not that those are not important, but that having them should not be the focus of our lives, or that our worries about them should stop us from carrying out our mission. We are to remain focused on the important things, the things that Jesus has commissioned us for. The mission that we've been given includes being messengers of Christ's peace, of healing the sick, and of preaching that the kingdom of God is at hand. These are difficult things to do. There are people and powers in the world that do not want us to bring Christ's peace to the world. There are governments and corporations who spend more on weapons of destruction than they do on feeding the hungry or healing the sick. And those prophets who preach the coming of God's kingdom will always be persecuted by the kingdoms of injustice and self-interest that seem to hold sway in our world. So why then do we try? Why do we try, each of us in our own way, to bring Christ's peace to the world, to heal the sick, or to proclaim God's kingdom? We do it because God has called us. We do it because God has missioned us, each one of us, to do this work. It's not the work of some spiritual or religious elite. It is not just the work of the bishops and priests. It is the work that each of us has been called to. And we do this work guided by prayer, reminded that the work we do is not our own, but God's work, and that God is the one who will ultimately bring it to fruition, for it is God who is the Lord of the harvest.